You're connected. You're in touch with episode 220 of Jesus Smart, the podcast coming up. How you see things, really how we see everything can actually transform things, opening the door to new seasons. Welcome, friend. I'm Brian Del Turco. I believe that Jesus Christ knows how our lives work best and that he is passionate about developing us as his followers, as intimate friends and co-agents in his kingdom. If you want to go further with King Jesus and his enterprise, this is the podcast for you. I'm glad you're here. Well, I hope that all is well. Happy Valentine's Day. Every day is a day of love, no matter what time of the year you are listening to this episode. You know, when you think about it, love created everything and love undergirds and upholds everything. It's really, love is really foundational to how everything works at its heightened state, at its designed state, its best state. God is love. John wrote that in his letter in 1 John in the New Testament. And, you know, we may need to explore another conversation about authentic love. What is love? Love is sacrificial. Love is congruent. Listen, with reality, it does not compromise. Well, I was about my father's business when Penny walked into my sphere of things uh, early on when we first met, you know, and the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Why is there favor on a wife for a young man? Well, because it's God's design, because you're participating in his dominion mandate to fill the earth, subdue it, multiply. And by God's grace, by God's grace, truly, I feel like it's one of the things that I did right in my young adulthood. What do I mean? Well, I was doing my best. I wasn't perfect by any means, but I was really doing my best to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness hard. I had the fear of God on me. And uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. And somehow I just think that, you know, God superintended things and added things to my life during that season. And of course, beyond that, beyond that covenant commitment came um, a really beautiful family life and children. And I'm grateful. But I think that we need to think about the Valentine dynamic. Can I say it that way? The Valentine dynamic all year long, because love expresses itself in many ways, reaching to the marginalized, helping others, right? Friendship, bringing value to the world as an expression of love, bringing your gift to the table, if you will parenting, grandparenting. How about mentoring, coaching, teaching, leading others? This can all be an expression of love. And I would like to just say that the Valentine dynamic is a 365 thing. It's available all year long and love wins. Uh, Love never fails, it says in 1 Corinthians 13. And one of the best things we can do really is to have a very high value of the uh, love ethic and to be innovative and creative and search for ways to express and manifest love in our personal world and in the world at large around us. Well, we have a newish feature in the episode called Jesus Dynamics. Let's get right to it. I was driving somewhere recently, just about a week ago, I was going to uh, a gathering, a uh, training session, a meeting. And um, I felt like um, the Lord uh, dropped this in my heart 
Jesus' statement about asking, seeking, and knocking in the Sermon on the Mount. You can read about this in Matthew, I think it's chapter 7, probably in the Gospel of Luke as well, in the account there. In the Greek language, the tense is a little bit different. Uh, Greek has, uh, I believe, six tenses, whereas English has only three. In this tense, in the Greek language, uh, as it was written, it means to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened. And here's what I felt. It all starts with conversation with the Father. Ask, talk with Him, get His input, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own insight, but in all of your ways, acknowledge Him, right? And He will direct and make your pathways smooth. Ask, even request in prayer, and then begin to seek, begin to probe, begin to explore, begin to step out, begin to lean forward, lean into scenarios and horizons and opportunities, and even lean into challenges to overcome them, my friend. And then knock. Do you know that knocking is an expression of faith, just as asking is? Knocking on doors, checking out opportunities, seeing what opens up, and then it creates a narrow pathway on the other side of that door that leads you into a new space, a new level, some new territory that the Lord has for you. Remember, it's about perseverance. Ask and keep on asking. Same with seeking and knocking. And don't just stop with prayer. Begin to seek, begin to quest, actually begin to put some feet to your prayers and go out, start knocking, start start building things, start creating, start innovating, start um, you know uh, pressing into opportunities and challenges. Well, I'm excited about this topic today. And uh, you can go to the show notes page, jesusmart.com slash new light. If you hear this episode, like within an hour or two, when it first drops, uh, give it several hours for that page to come up, but jesusmart.com slash new light for links and additional resources. I feel like I might like to pray with you. Don't be a, don't, don't run away. It's just going to be a short prayer. And then we're going, we're going to get right into the content. Okay. Father, we ask for new light, fresh extraordinary light from you to break out of our heart. May we see with the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our heart. We believe, Father, that you can bring transformation and change to things by how we see them supernaturally and not just naturally. Thank you, Father. We commit our time to you in Jesus' name. Someone may say something like this, I was having problems in a relationship, but things turned for the better when I saw her in a new light, when I saw him in a new light, now I'm filled with hope, right? And we can apply that to anything. I was disparaging the uh, situation I was in. I was looking down upon it. I was really thinking negatively about it. But when I saw it and began to see it in better light, a new light, it began to turn. It began to be transformed. You see, seeing things in a new light can create new possibilities. Stephen Covey in his wildly popular book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said that the way we see the problem is the problem. Does this resonate with you? It does with me. If we can just get the light of God on that issue, whatever it is, we will see it in an extraordinary light. Then you can call out the gold and even uh, trigger, be catalytic to bring transformation. 
seeing things in a new light. I'm talking about an extraordinary light, not just natural light, right? I'm talking about insight. Seeing things in a new light is transformational. In a real sense, seeing is interpreting. Think about this with me in the natural. Light reflects off an object. Maybe you're in a room somewhere, just look at an object, or maybe you're outside, look at a tree or look at an automobile. Light reflects off the object. It reflects off a person. It reflects off some landscape or some vista, and it enters your retina. And that visual information is transmitted to your brain, which then interprets what is seen. Here's what this means. Seeing actually happens in your mind, not in your eye. The, mind, the eye is just a medium. It's just a portal. Seeing and interpreting actually happens in the mind. This is true in the natural. Your eyes and the optical nerves from your eyes to your brain are just simply the pathway, the gateway. Light reflects off of something. Then we interpret what we see. As we begin to grow and mature, we give it meaning. We interpret it. But can we take this a step further? Let's go above and beyond the natural. Because there is a insightful, extraordinary way to see things. Seeing things in a new light will give us the opportunity to understand and interpret things in a new, fresh way. I'm talking about the mental, emotional, and spiritual way that we see. Here's some examples. We begin to see that relationship in a new light. Maybe that seasoned, mature friendship has gone sour. We begin to see it in a new light. We begin to see it now as a diamond in the rough. We're both growing and we're going to come into a new place as persons. And this relationship is going to come to a new level. Maybe we see a challenge or an opportunity in a fresh light. Our question should be, what's possible? It shouldn't be a statement of, this is impossible. (laughs) See the challenge, approach the opportunity, and see it in a fresh, extraordinary light. What about that project? Can we see that project that we've been working on in a new light? Let me tell you, every project starts out with a high level of excitement. Then it enters a trough, it goes low, and many times projects don't make it through that trough and then begin to ascend again into a place of completion and maturity and fruitfulness. But can we see that project in a new light from God? It will achieve better results. What about yourself? Instead of continuing to see yourself in that old light, can you see yourself in the light of God, in a new light? Higher design is possible and it's powerful. Now, what could happen if we see things in a new light, an extraordinary light? We need more than natural light to truly live a successful life. We need extra natural light. It's possible to be blind in the natural and to live an extraordinary life because you're seeing on the inside. God's very nature is light. Can I tell you that? John wrote in his letter in 1 John 1 5 that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. We get caught up in darkness. 
but God is not in darkness. And as we draw close to him and receive more of his presence, more of his light, more of his reality into our life, things will get better. If the ultimate designer is light, here's the question. How can we access it? Remember, he holds the higher design for everything about your design, about your life, about your calling, about those good works you're destined to do, about your very life. The question is, how can we see things? Indeed, how can we see everything in this new extraordinary light? Do you know what Jesus said? Jesus said in John chapter 1, verse 2, here's John again, this time in his gospel, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I don't think that's John 1, 2. That's another reference. I have a mistake in my notes here. But believe me, this is in the gospel of John. You pull out that great Bible concordance, Google and search it. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Do you see that? The light of Jesus leads us to life, abundant life, the God kind of life, God designed life. It's another level of consciousness. It's a higher level then of conviction from which we can live, resolute, directional, intentional, a higher heightened state of consciousness. The New Testament says that Jesus Christ, listen to this in Hebrews 1.3. I know this reference is right, okay? Hebrews 1.3, the radiance of his, that is the Father's glory, and the exact representation of his nature, the nature of Father God. Boy, our, our identity flows from that. And it comes from Jesus. Christ is that radiance of the Father's glory and the exact representation of his nature, and he upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1.3. I love the way the Amplified Translation uh, renders this verse. He, Christ, is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being. I love that, the light being. We are called to come to Christ and to yoke with him as the light being. It says he is the outraying or the radiance of the divine. Can we live a lifestyle that we would describe as radiant, a lifestyle that is within the outraying of God himself through Christ, the light being, this extraordinary light, God as light, it comes to us via that second person, if you will, of the Godhead, God's unique son, Jesus Christ. Now, I just hope that some of these ideas can be a pointer, a pointer to perhaps advance possibilities in your personal world, in my personal world, and through us, via us, into the world at large, around us. Think with me about this dynamic. The earth at the beginning of creation was formless and void. We read this in Genesis chapter 1. It's that Hebrew expression which means chaotic uninhabitable, sterile, and a wasteland. Now let's think about this. Then God said, let there be light. 
on day one of creation. Now, could it have been the manifest glory of God that was exhibiting and expressing that light? I think so, because we know from the Genesis account that the sun and the lights of the heavens were not created until day four. So what is this light on day one? I think God was coming over that uninhabitable, sterile, chaotic situation and sort of turning himself on to begin a recreative process. Was it the light and glory of God in Jesus as the Son of God who shone over a darkened, chaotic earth? I suspect that it was. And then that creation process began. It says in John chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, all things came into being by him, Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend or overpower it. So God then begins to release his creativity and design through this process of creation or recreation. First, he turns the light on. It's the glory of his presence through his son. And we see that interplay and that harmonious uh, cooperation with the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father in the creative process. Now, we're going back to seminal Genesis, early Genesis, for a dynamic that we can pull right into the present in Christ. This is how God creates and restores in our lives. Does something in your world right now, does it seem chaotic? Does it feel like a wasteland? I think we can all... Uh, identify and maybe list a few things that I think that's true in those areas of my life or in my sphere of influence right now, things that I would like to see more of the creativity and design of God exhibited in, right? Jesus can release brilliant light over that situation, just as he did at creation. Then the Father's redesigning word is released as a creative agent to create and to renew Come on now. This is where I start getting into that zone where I just start podcasting myself a little bit uh, into an inspired state, okay? Say it again. Jesus can release brilliant light over that situation, that scenario you're in, that context, that challenge, that opportunity even, just as he did at creation. If he did it at that scale in that way in early Genesis, he can surely do it in your life right now. Then the Father's redesigning word is released to create and renew, redesign, to bring forth, to establish, to build things in your life. Think of this as a kingdom template. We need to get into template thinking. Take that template in early Genesis and lay it over that relationship. Lay it over that project. Lay it over that domestic home life, lay it over your career. This is how God works in us and through us. And so we really need to think, what are those one or two or three top areas in which you want to see the creativity of God activated? Don't think about it too long. When I first ask you that question, what immediately comes to mind? And that's your gut talking to you. That's your, excuse the visceral language, but that's your intuition, your instinct, You're probably accurate. The first things that come up, don't overanalyze it. We all have them. Here's the opportunity. Here's the opportunity. Just like we said in the Jesus dynamic today about 
keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, we can articulate those areas before the Creator in prayer. Invite, even invoke, a more intense word, invoke the light of God. Call down heaven. Call down the courts of heaven into those spaces to see them transformed into something new. Let that space become more reflective and more of a witness to the design of God, to the good things which come down from above. You know, there's a proverb in the book of Proverbs that says that a person is satisfied from above themselves. James says that every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He's not inconsistent with his children. Shadows of turning treats one this way, treats one not that way. He's consistent. He's a good, equitable, generous father. Something beyond even what we're hoping for. I believe that as you lean into these uh, areas that... Uh, I, you know, you can claim Ephesians 3.20 if you're praying about it, if you're positioning yourself well before the Father and allowing Him to bring the heart transformational issues as well. Many times when we pray about a specific request, there's a deeper underlying heart issues at play that God's also working on in that place of request and asking and seeking and knocking. There's some transformation going on there that He's calling for. But something beyond, uh, it, it says that uh, God is able to do exceedingly, this is Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly beyond, well beyond what we're hoping for or imagining or asking for according to that power, that transformative power operative within us. And so this is a real kingdom skill, a real kingdom tool. This is an adequate metaphor that we can put into our kingdom toolkit, you know, our kingdom belt. <laughs> a kingdom skill. This is a heart issue. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a questing and faith issue. It's a real kingdom skill, and that is seeing with the eyes of our heart, not our natural eyes. Seeing with the eyes of our heart. You see, one of the main things that Jesus does in our lives is to wean us away from merely seeing with our natural sight. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. So one of the main things that he's at work at in our lives is to wean us away from natural sight, natural hearing, natural touch, and get us to see with the eyes of our heart, get us to hear his voice on the inside. And the apostle prayer, the, the apostle well, he was an apostle of prayer, wasn't he? The apostle Paul prayed a prayer for the ages in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, that we would do well to echo this prayer in our own life. In a real sense, enter into a prayer partnership with the apostle Paul. Those prayers are eternal. What he prayed for the Ephesian church is still before the throne of grace. It's still come down through the ages. Many millions of people, I believe, have prayed this prayer. Father, would you give me a spirit of wisdom, an increasing spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son, Christ, that the eyes of my heart would be enlightened. There it is. The Amplified says, by having the eyes of our heart flooded with light, so that we can know and understand the hope to which he has called us, that we would know the riches of the glory of his inheritance that's in the saints. And let's talk about power, that we would know the exceeding greatness of his power directed towards those who believe. Check out that prayer in Ephesians 1. Uh, I'm going to say the enemy is going to resist you on praying that prayer consistently in your life. 
because that prayer right there is kryptonite for the kingdom of darkness. All right. It is supernatural and powerful. But this is the capacity that we have to see from our inner being and not just through our natural eyes. So we look at that child, not just naturally, we look at them supernaturally. Jonathan Swift said that the, that vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. There are things that you need to see that most people will not see. There is that private thing you have with Jesus that you're just going to have to see things and pray things and walk in things. And every disciple is like this. Vision is the art of seeing what is invisible to others. That child may be struggling with ineptitude and maybe a bad attitude, but a good parent does not merely see with their natural eyes. They see beyond, deeper. They see above it. The dad or mom who sees that child really are seeing them in harmony with what their destiny will be. And when they do that, they become a strong ally to empower the child to develop and reach their potential. But you may not have a child, but just take that dynamic, take that pattern and lay it over whatever your application is. It's, it's vital. Jesus said in Matthew 6 that the lamp of the body is the eye. He said, if your eye is clear, it means if it's healthy, your whole body or your whole life will be full of light. That eye, that eye on the inside, how do you see them? How do you see it? Jesus was referring to our capacity to see clearly. This is kingdom living. Thanks for bearing with me on this. I feel like I'm, this is something of a little bit of a fire hydrant exercise I'm going through, but I just, I'm almost done. Hang with me. You know what the Bible says? He who endures to the end will be saved. And what that's talking about contextually there is Jesus Smart, the podcast. If you endure to the end, you will be saved. <laughs> All right. I was chatting with my wife, Penny, about the challenge to transition from kingdom concepts to real world living. Look, I believe in getting practical and granular and concrete. It has to come down to the ground. But I also believe that we need high conceptual thinking about the kingdom, and we need to turn the conceptual into the concrete. There it is. Turn the conceptual into the granular. Bring it down to the real world. But we have to start, many times truth comes to us, revelation comes to us at a conceptual level. Then the Lord is looking to us, the person with the earth suit on, the person that he's given dominion in the earth to bring it down and make it concrete. But it seems to me that kingdom conceptual thinking, it comes to us and as we're open to it, we start to understand the concepts first This is a part of the process of renewing our mind. It's that new and living way of thinking and approaching life. But then we must understand that kingdom concept as a CTA. What do I mean by CTA? A call to action. This is where we bring it down and make it concrete. The action moves us into a new space of blessing and destiny. Let's conclude with this. How can we practically take steps to flesh out this concept of seeing things in a new light, an extraordinary kingdom light. These are just a few thoughts. Know that God is supernatural light. Again, the Bible says that God is light. He dwells in unapproachable light. It is Jesus who brings this light to us. So fix your eyes on Jesus 
Increase your intimacy with Jesus via his word, via prayer, via time with him. Just know that God is supernatural light. Here's another thought. Receive Christ more and more into your life. It's not just that first prayer you prayed. That just initiated an ever-increasing process of knowing Christ and inviting him into your life, that he abides in a richer way. Receive him more and more. Here's another thought. Release that light of Christ over earth-born situations and challenges, even opportunities. How do we do this? We pray. We pray fueled by the word of God, and then we release truth. We declare and speak to the tree, speak to the mountain, speak to the situation out of that womb of prayer that's been fueled by the word of God. Release the light of Christ. I mean, do this in the morning, and then I don't know if we could just develop a cadence and a rhythm even throughout the day. I know we get busy. I know we get tired. I know by the time the afternoon comes around, we're like, boy, it seems like a long way from that early morning special time I had with the Lord. I know somehow we're going to have to enter into a praying without ceasing, breathing prayers throughout the day, speaking sentences of light and revelation throughout the day. You know, something comes up in your mind, countering it with light speaking a sentence of revelation and light and truth from the word of God, from the Lord's personal word to you. So releasing the light of Christ. Here's another thought. Walk in the light. This is critical. We can't just pray. We have to walk in the light. We have to be like obedient. We have to stay in the light. Don't get into darkness. One of the ways we get into darkness is hatred and unforgiveness. The Bible actually says that those who hate walk in darkness and don't know what they're stumbling over. Isn't that amazing? Do you want to be in that state? I don't. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Somebody offends you. Here's your attitude. I can afford that. (laughs) I have so much going on with me and God that that doesn't even bother me. I'm kind of like flying above that. Okay. I can afford it. You want to you know, you want to offend me? You want to do this? You want to sin against me? I'm not in debt to that. I can afford it. My cup runs over in Christ. We got to stay filled up, don't we? Walk in that light. As you remain in the light, more light will become available. Don't live in the shade. Oh, wow. Don't stay in the shade. Don't get in that dark alley. Okay, here's another one. Intentionally wean yourself away from this natural seeing and this natural way of thinking. Transition, transition, grow up into spiritual seeing and thinking. And here's just one last thought. I'm not pretending that these are like a comprehensive list, but I think it's maybe a good start. Here's another thought. Discipline yourself to consistently maintain a high word level. Understand that the word of God is light. These will all be on the show notes page, okay? There's what? One, two, three, four, five, six. Again, know that God is supernatural light. Two, receive Christ more and more. Three, release that light of Christ into everything. Walk in the light. Intentionally wean yourself away from the natural and consistently maintain a high word level. Now, here's here's where we're going to just drop the landing gear and come down on the tarmac and land this thing with scriptures for meditation and proclamation. And these will all be on the show notes page. Okay. Seeing things in a new light can spark this transformation that God wants and that you want. Now, inspired scripture transforms things. 
meditate on these verses. I have a list of verses here. I would suggest that you begin to speak them aloud in prayer and proclamation. Remember, that most powerful weapon in the universe is not a nuclear bomb. It's not a bioweapon. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's that spoken word of God in your mouth, Ephesians chapter 6. You can look at Genesis 1, 2, and 3 about the earth being formless and void and darkness over everything and God saying, let there be light. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 6. Paul appeals back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3 in 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and says that God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. John said in 1 John 5, 5, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Praise you, Father, that the light is here. We're not on a darkened planet with no light. It's available. Listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 36, verse 9. For with you, God, is the fountain of life. Here it comes. In your light, we see light. If you get into the light, you will see more light. Listen to this powerful passage from Job chapter 22. You have to read the whole passage there. I think it's verses maybe uh, 23 through 30. But in verse 28, if you position yourself in the way that verses 23 through 30 say, this is Job 22, you can claim the promise of Job 22 verse 28. You will also decree a thing or even decide a thing it could mean, and it will be established for you and light will shine on your ways. When you enter a room, you should light it up. When I walk down the street, when I'm somewhere, when I'm talking with somebody, when I'm doing this or that or working on this, there should be light all around me, the light of God. And finally, that passage in Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, that powerful, atomic, titanic prayer <laughs> that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. I'll drop all those scriptures, passages right on the show notes page. You do a study on it. There's more that you could tease out from the word of God. Well, Father, we want to be positioned to receive your light, to sustain your light, to carry your light, and to exhibit to express your light in our personal world and the world at large around us. Friend, you can go to the show notes page at jesusmart.com slash new light. Dive deeper, the scriptures, the points I mentioned, all of it there and maybe a little bit more. Stay connected with the podcast and with jesusmart.com. Uh, in fact, jesusmart.com right now, it's uh, undergoing a redesign uh, in a private staged area and will soon be going public. I'm hoping within about a week or so. And it's going to be, I think, a real good upgrade. It's going to be a much more user-friendly site. And uh, I think you're going to like it. Jesussmart.com. And you can subscribe and be notified when new episodes go live. You can sign up for the e-letter, keep you updated about new things and resourcing. And we're all, listen, we're all seeking we're all going low and trying to pray hard and seeking to level up with our Christ following. Thank you for passing this episode along to your friends and contacts, okay? Uh, it's about really just getting unique, timely, uh, niche messages before the right ears and eyes to maybe be catalytic in their own walk with the Lord, push things along, and then as it replicates in their own life, they affect change as well. 
that best syndication for something like a podcast is always the listener's personal connection and their touch with others. Hey, I just recorded an episode earlier this week with Pastor Mike Ashcroft from uh, Southeast uh, North Carolina. I think Port City is the uh, right on the ocean there, Port City, coming out with a book in March. But this is one of the more dynamic conversations that I've had in a while. I think he's bringing a timely message. We're going to talk about it next week on the episode. It's already been recorded, but he talks about stop dragging your past into your now, how to close loops how God works in seasons. You got you to gotta release the season behind you and turn towards the next new season. This whole virus thing we've been going through, and I believe we're coming out of now, and just everything that's been going on in the world, people have been in transition, and there's been a lot of uh, upheaval. Our pastor has called it like a great plow, came down onto the earth and just turned everything over. And, you know, this is a time now to really, you know, participate with the Lord and to uh, transition to transition. It's not, go- it's not going back. We don't want it to go back. I mentioned on the podcast with our guest, Mike Ashcroft, that we have this um, sentimental, romanticized um, idea about getting back to normal. Actually, it wasn't that great. <laughs> Were things that great before the coronavirus? A new season. Better things are coming. And then also uh, we have J.C. Alfalto coming up. Jason is a uh, comrade, uh, a uh, partner in crime in many ways, and uh, he's a penetrating thinker. And we have an interesting conversation, what I think are some some golden nuggets that he brings and that we talk about together on this area of discipleship, a protege of Jesus becoming an apprentice of the kingdom. Well, my friend, the future belongs to Jesus. We know that. We also know that he's beyond brilliant. Our highest understanding of what brilliance is, he's way above that. If we begin to walk with him, pursue him, quest after him, We'll catch this brilliance. I look forward to connecting next time. Don't forget the show notes page, jesussmart.com. New things 